Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here again. Well, hopefully again, if you're back. If this is your first time, I'm really excited you're here. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by Kamek, an Austin-based outdoor company on a mission to equip and inspire others for a life-changing adventure. Whether you are currently active outside or newly interested in getting you or your family outdoors, Kamek wants you to know that adventure is for everyone. Texas Tough and Feather Light Kamek gear is designed to outlast your wildest adventures. Haley, CEO of Kamek, was on our podcast a few weeks ago on episode number 131, and she is excited to share a 25% off code with all of the Happy Hour listeners. Use the code HAPPYHOUR25 for 25% off all orders through the end of June. If you're looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, this might be just the one for you. What better way to entertain your kids or partner this summer than by adding a hammock in your backyard? Head to kamek.com and gear up for your next adventure or check out their gear shop on East 7th right here in Austin. Guys, today you're listening to episode number 145 and my guest is Maria Goff. You might know her husband, Bob Goff, more than you might know her, but I'm here to tell you we're going to switch that because you're going to want to know Maria. Maria released her first book, Love Lives Here, this past spring, and it is a collection of stories that include the ways that she and her husband navigated family their way without clear instructions or a roadmap. This book will inspire you and help you think about how you can create a space to grow while loving others. I especially loved this episode as a mama, but let me tell you, friends, even if you're not a mama, you're going to find so much in here that's good. Okay, guys, if you didn't join us for our June book club, July might just be the month for you. I'm excited to tell you at the end of this conversation, the next book that we're reading together for the month of July. The Facebook group has been so much fun. And next week at my house, I'm actually hosting the very first Happy Hour Book Club with author Christian Shell. So listen at the end and I'll tell you the next book we're reading. Here is my conversation with Maria Goff. Hey, Maria, welcome to the Happy Hour. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Such an honor well, to be with you. It's fun to have you on a happy hour. And I wish that I was in San Diego because A, you're there and B, San Diego, it has to be one of the most beautiful places in the world. We kind of like it. And what we didn't realize when we decided this is where we were going to start a family is what a draw it is for our adult kids to want to move back here. Oh so my they gosh. all they grew up and went away to college, but then they all wanted to come back and start their families here. And that's a perk. That's right? a huge well, perk. <laughs> huge. Yeah. Maybe so, maybe Austin is that cool too that my kids will want to come back home. Absolutely. I think you made a good choice. You and Aaron nailed <laughs> it on that one. Well, yeah. I, I remember one time when, because I, I don't know if you were like this when your kids were little, but I, as a mama, and you have to think back to when your kids, my oldest is 13 and my youngest is nine. And so yep. the thought of them leaving, Maria, like 
it's like a gut punch to my stomach. And some days I want them to leave, but most days I just cannot even imagine that one day they won't be here. And I always joke with them. I'm like, you can buy a house in our neighborhood. I'll babysit your kids whenever you want. Like I always joke, you can come home, come home. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's kind of a panicky feeling, huh? Especially when you get a glimpse of them acting a whole lot older, Mm. you know, and you can kind of imagine that someday they are really going to be out on their own and how you really don't want that to ever happen. I remember that. And I wish that somebody, I wish I could have told myself back then when I felt a little panicky about them growing up and moving away is that every phase gets better Mm. where I just wouldn't have believed that. I don't think right out of the bat, but now I'm looking back going, that's exactly what has happened is every fake because they get better they're more interesting like they're finally potty trained they're like you trade one thing for another it's just it's great oh my gosh um, yes i'm enjoying it and i really think that you will too i'm pretty confident of that because you're pouring into them yes yes i had a girlfriend tell me what you just said she said you know jamie when they get older and they're ready to go they're ready and so you like you don't want your 25 year old to like always need you to make dinner for them. You want them to grow up and like move out. And so I even feel that Maria with our 13 year old, I say this all the time. We are entering such a fun stage. And my nine year old daughter, she was kind of, she's, she's, she's a little pistol personality. So Uh she was a little harder to parent in that like five, six, Uh seven age. And we're getting so much closer now and she's getting so much more enjoyable because she's maturing. And I do. I like you. I see like I like where these relationships are going. Me too. And it never was on a smooth arc. Like I think of it as a slingshot, you know, like they pull way back before they pull vault forward. And so sometimes I would get worried as they seem to be reverting. And I'm like, oh, no, we're going in the wrong direction. Why are you acting like a baby? You you know better. Like right. you do better. But that was always right before they did something miraculous, like uh, had a huge growth spurt, you know, emotionally, spiritually, developmentally yeah. or whatever. So you kind of learn to ride those out a little more graciously than when you first experience it. But yeah, it just keeps getting better. I just love it. Well, I love that. And I love hearing from people that are ahead of me. You know, like I feel like a lot of people who yeah. listen to my show are even younger than me. And so they might be... Yes. If they have kids, you know, there's a lot of single women on listen, but if they have kids, they're, they're in that stage. You remember it where you just think it will never end. Yeah. <laughs> These <laughs> diapers. Diaper. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they will never end. It's, and it does. And mm. you on and it's good. So oh. you and your husband, Bob, live in San Diego and you have three grown children who have yes. all moved back home, which is every yes. mom's dream world. So you're living, you're living our dream, Maria, to have your uh. children move back home. So tell me this real quick. What do Mm -hmm. family gatherings look like for your family? Do y'all have a specific, let's get together every Sunday, or do you just kind of see each other when you do? What does that look like for the Goff family now that your kids are grown and some of them starting their own families? Yeah. So uh, right now we seem to get together a lot to tear down walls because two of them have bought homes. Okay. Married. (laughs) So we're sort of in the remodeling phase where everybody shows up to, you know, do demo and it's a lot of fun. It's like pulling alongside of each other and celebrating whatever's going on in their lives. Just last night or the night before. So 
we have a brand new puppy mm-hmm. and we all got together to get to know the puppy because it's like a new family member. And our first dog that was actually around when we were raising the kids had passed away. And so it's a big deal to be getting the new one. Yeah. And so everybody got to get together and just get to know the puppy and bond. And I don't take that for granted mm-hmm. because there's no guarantees where anybody will end up in life. In fact, I pray that I would stay out of the way of mm-hmm. God's will in each of my kids' lives instead of, you know, manipulating things to my favor to stand with them and encourage them and to hold things with open palm. Mm. You know, I don't take that for granted that they're all in San Diego right now because I don't know how long it will last. None of us know. And so with palms up, I just say, thank you, Lord, you know, but I hold this loosely and may your will always be done Mm. in there. So I I try to stay out of stuff and just come alongside of them and respect them for what they're trying to accomplish in life. And Bob and I try to figure out how we can help them best. I love that so much. Yeah, it's tearing down walls right now. We're (laughs) yards and (laughs) landscaping and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. I love that you just brought up an idea that I was thinking about, like, staying out of the way and let God do what he does with our people. And jobs take people all over the world. And so that's a realistic thing that you're looking at with your kids. And even for someone like me as parenting, coming up to a teenager, you know, that's something that I'm even like thinking about. I mean, just last week, a mutual friend of ours, Sarah Harmeyer, was on the show. And she told me that when she was 16, she went and spent the summer in Tanzania. And she's my age. I mean, you know, 16, you know, that's 20 years ago, 23 years ago. I just don't remember parents let stepping out of the way necessarily letting God do what he does. And it just made me think, man, may I be the kind of parent that Mm -hmm. says, God, I'm going to trust you, even if it's scary with what my kids might do. Yes. Okay. So one of my favorite memories with my kids was when they were old enough to play outside in the backyard in a fenced backyard. So it was like, maybe they were four, six and eight. And they'd been out there for a little while. And then they came running inside because they'd come up with this great idea that they wanted to quote unquote run away. And they were just so filled with life and excitement and wonder, and they were going to do something together. And that just went completely against my grain, a protective mom that wanted them to be safe and how that was such a bad, you know, I Uh wanted to say, you can't run away. (laughs) You'll never survive. You know, I, I had a choice to make in that moment and it was either to get behind them and just realize in that circumstance that they weren't going to actually run away. They were just playing as if they were and wanted to take this first step together to do something new in the world. And so I just got behind him and I thought, well, I'm good at organizing and I'm good at planning. So I just helped them put a list together of the things that they might need to pack. things that they would need along the way. And, and I influenced them. I'm I'm so bad. I'm like, you might need band-aids in case you start bleeding, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and food. If you get hungry and a flashlight when it gets dark, I mean, I kind of in a subtle way was sort of instilling in them, you know, like there could be risks involved, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that goes away. Like the whole time we're either making decisions for ourself, like Sarah did to go to another country, you have a choice to make. Are you Mm going to sit in the fear of all the reasons why you shouldn't do something or all the reasons why your kids shouldn't do something? Or are you going to lean into the wonder of it Mm -hmm. and the possibilities and the plan that God may have for you along the way through it? And it's so like, I think all of us parents, we want the outcome of what that does. 
It's yes. the process of doing it that is so terrifying and scary, you know. But at the end of the day, Maria, I think it's because, and this goes in all areas of our life, not just parenting. At the end of the day, we have this really false sense of control. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. On, on everything, yeah. like not even like jobs, where you're going to live, all of these kind of things. We have this really kind of false sense of control that if I just keep everything really close, then I get to control the outcome. Yeah, we know we both know that's not true. Right. I no, mean, that, that doesn't happen. And I think that's when our relationships with the ones that we love get really funky mm. is when we try to push that unhealthy part of our personalities of wanting to be controlling or have things go our way. So we say things or we do things that try to control the outcome. And gosh, that's not where I want to end up. I don't mm. think you do either, Jamie. Mm-hmm. I think we really want healthy relationships with the people we love for the long term, generationally, yeah. you know, yeah. that would be really great to be able to look back at the end of our lives and have just like this trail of really great memories with the people that we've gone on adventures and learned hard things with. Mm. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. 
I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I know just from, from an outsider looking in, I know that you and Bob do that in your relationships and your family in lots of different ways. In fact... You released a book in March. Congratulations, by the way. It's called Love Lives Here. Yes. Finding what you need in a world, telling you what you want. And you dedicated this for my kids, kids, kids. Yeah. And you were just talking about this wanting just like to impact generations to come. Yes. I know that you dedicated your book to that. And I hear you talking about that. What does that look like practically for you? Like, what does it look like when you think of, man, I want to leave an impact. I want to impact generations that come after my family. What does that look like for you guys? I, you know, for me, it's keeping that big picture. It's mm. keeping the end goal in mind. And I don't want to just have like right now be great. I want to have what we're doing now and the life that we're living affects not only us, but our kids and their kids and their kids. When Bob and I grew up, we weren't raised in families where faith was a big deal. So just that alone, declaring that for our family when we got married, that that would become like one of those foundational stones was really big. That was like, Mm -hmm. we didn't know how to do that. It wasn't modeled to us. So, you know, we worked really hard. A lot of times we felt like we were on point, you know, with machetes going through a jungle, you know, like (laughs) finding a new path that had never been placed before. And, and my passion for that really came from knowing that there was something missing in my life when I grew up. And I wanted to be able to give that to my kids, not just so that I can check the box and say, we gave it to our kids, but that it would have a generational effect. And so a lot of the decisions that we make are based on that. Like, how does it fit into the big picture? Is this mm-hmm. get us closer to the goal long term, not just now? I mean, data mm-hmm. goals are good, too. Uh, yeah. And ambitions. There's nothing wrong with that. But then that overall big picture thing is pretty great. So it was as if Bob and I, when we got married and decided our family was going to be different than the ones that we grew up in, it was as if we put a flag in the sand and declared that we are generation one. What came before Mm. us was what it was, but from this moment forward, we want things to be different. And Mm. we keep circling back to that flag, like remember what we wanted different. What were those things that mattered to us then? So as we've gone gone on this journey, those were the things that I thought of the most when uh, I was writing Love Lives Here. You know, what were the things that mattered the most to us in this world that is fighting for our attention? I mean, the world is so good at distracting Mm. us. And it tries to sell us things we don't need, you know, at a price we can't afford, basically. Right, right. So we end up in life, you know, at the end going, what was that all about? Where where was Mm. the meaning? Where's the legacy? Where's the eternal value in the things that we did? And it's never too late. You know, if you're... 70 years old, 80 years old, 90 years old, you know, people that are further along than me can start right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. never too late in life's journey to say, 
I'm putting the flag in the sand. I'm going to declare things are going to be different from this day forward. And then just get to work at that. Just, yeah. you know, do, do your own work. Keep your eyes on your own paper is what I say. Yeah. And it's so good because I feel like I get the joy of ministering to women in our local jail. And we all, we talk about this a lot as well. It's mm-hmm. like you get the opportunity to make a new beginning for the rest of your family. Yes. Because I meet so many women in there who come to the table with so much baggage and abuse and generational sin just yes. thrown at them. Yes. And we say, you can make a change. Now, you yeah. also said something at the end. You said you got to get to work. It is hard. Uh-huh. It is. It is hard. It is. Now, let's just be honest with us. When you and Bob decided that, you had to think about that a lot. This was not your first nature, was it? No. In fact, when Bob and I first met, I was fresh out of rehab with a warrant out for my arrest. I could not have been at a worse time in my life. <laughs> that does not sound like sweet Maria. <laughs> right? And that's actually a really good nickname that he's given me. I'm going to spend I know, I the love rest it. of my life trying to live up to that nickname. But I love that you said that and you write about that because yeah. you're bringing the reality to the table. Listen, yeah. this is hard. It this is this took work. It does. And, you know, I was really motivated before I even met Bob. Like I knew in my heart I wanted to be a wife and a mom when during a time when that was not a popular thing mm-hmm. to say out loud. I mean, Glory's time could have hit me with a lightning bolt or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> no, you know, don't say that. Say you want to be a CEO or own a business. And mm-hmm. so what happened is that the pendulum swung all the way to the other side and people like me who still wanted to be a wife and a mom first felt judged and criticized Mm. for that goal. But I really, really wanted to do the work that I needed to do in my own life to set myself up to be marriage material, to be Mm. a, a mom that was healthy, that could have kids. And actually, I was so sick that I feared that maybe I wouldn't be able to have kids. And Mm. Jamie, that's what really lit the fire under me. That's what made Mm. me decide I need to get help. And a lot of times I think we don't want to sit with some of the things that we're thinking or look into our lives and give ourselves permission to do that because we're afraid we're not going to like what we see. Mm. But we got to go through that. We have to be able to accept who we really are, warts and all, problems and issues and generational stuff that was passed on to us and decide, like, what can I work with here? What can I fix? Mm. What can I keep? What can I chuck? You're like going through your house and cleaning out closets. We have that agency. We have that authority in our own life. In fact, God needs us to. You know, Mm. he has lots of plans for us and hopes and dreams, but I think he also needs us to get to work. Yeah, It's like 100% of both, 100% and 100% of hard work. Yeah. So I think that's what it takes at first. Then you just embrace what happens next. So you brought up something that I think is going to be a really great thing for women to hear from you when you talk about, you said you were fresh out of rehab and you struggled with everything, insecurity, (laughs) everything, everything um, growing up. But that came from you as a child. I mean, this was kind of thrown in on you from your family and from your growing up. Yeah. What did that struggle look like for you of fighting that insecurity? And then 25, 30 years back, where do you stand on that now? Yeah. Oh, man, I am just so grateful for the help that I eventually got. But, you know, anxiety and stress and unhealthy home life. I know my parents did the best that they could Mm -hmm. and they had their own issues, which I'm now as an adult realizing 
that that's where that generational stuff comes from, that they probably experienced in their Mm -hmm. childhood a lot of the same pain that I did. But I just became motivated to get rid of it. You know, Mm -hmm. we need to stop. Like the buck stops here. Like we're not passing this on Mm -hmm. to our kids and their kids and their kids. So yeah, I had to get real with a lot of the stress. There was so much. I had a lot of anxiety growing up because I struggled in school and nobody knew what it was that I had. It was just, I was told to just try harder, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on top of that, I'm wearing corrective shoes for flat arches. And, you know, I can't read, I can't write, I'm failing in school. I'm having to get put back, you know, before, I mean, it's, it, I think in preschool or kindergarten or first grade, maybe that's okay to do, but I was in right. fifth grade. That's mm-hmm. like, uh, the stigma of that was pretty hard. And because I'm kind of a quiet, introverted person, my mode of operation was to just shove it in, just bury it mm. down, don't deal with your feelings. I didn't have people or an environment where I felt like I could share anything out loud. So I just tried to be a good girl to the best that I could. And, you know, that turns into trying to be perfect. It becomes unnatural. Mm-hmm. And so then my own body images and dealing with stress. And when I got to college, I just turned to over, over-the-counter drugs to deal with, you know, a lot of my stomach issues that I had developed and then became addicted to them. So, mm. you know, that's not good. So now I'm an unhealthy person, <laughs> not knowing how to get help and, you know, basically just hitting rock bottom, but stuck between this place of of not liking who I was or how I was living my life and having this dream that it could be better. Mm. Really having that hope. And I I really give God the credit for that because I know that when I accepted him and started a relationship with Jesus, when I was a little kid at a Christian camp, that that seed that was placed in me back then never went away. And mm. it's just constantly became my guide. So, you know, when I wrestled with my reality of not being a healthy person in an unhealthy home life, then, you know, there was this light that kept me going and it was God just staying with me through it all. Mm. And so I got the help that I needed and that renewed my faith too. Because I think when you really heal from the inside out and get rid of some of the junk in your life, you're reminded of how loving and powerful God is and the mm. what he wants to do in and through us is so much bigger than the issues that we have at hand. So it was an interesting journey for sure. Yeah. And I love how you talk about the hope that was put in there from the beginning and that you knew, I don't want this. And I think there's something better. Yep. And I think that's what is so hard for people who maybe don't feel that, like, well, I, they don't have Jesus. Well, and so there's that. this sense of there's nothing else out there for me. And what a hope that he gives us as his yeah. children that he says, I have something better for you. Yeah. Yours was, you know, better in lots of different areas, but also spiritually as well. Yeah. And then you talk about right after that, you met your husband yeah. or your soon to be husband, <laughs> which is crazy because I have a similar story where I went through a bunch of junk, bunch, junk, yeah, junk, 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 junk. And then I met my husband yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah. this is great. Yeah. <laughs> but I showed up to the relationship with a lot of baggage, which I'm sure yeah. that you did as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And that makes for a hard thing. We have good men, right? Yeah. We've stuck through the hard stuff with us. And still stick with me. Too. Yes. And I think that's probably one of Bob's best defining characteristics is when he looks at me, he sees who I'm becoming and mm. not so much who, uh, you know, I was or whatever trouble I happen to be having in any particular day. Like when he looks at me, he sees what I'm becoming. And sometimes I want to laugh it off and 
think he's just being too happy or too positive. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that's such a gift that we can give each other to say, this isn't who you are. I know you're better. I know you can do better. I know that God wants you to do better. And I'm just going to be there with you through it. Guys, today's show is brought to you by Sock Club. Father's Day is this Sunday, people, this Sunday. And we all know that dad and the men in our lives are sometimes the hardest people to shop for. Thankfully, Sock Club is here to help. Sock Club is a sock of the month subscription service that sends a pair of quality American-made socks straight to your door every single month. This is a little gift with a huge impact because each delivery brings a brand new, never before seen sock design specifically created for that particular month. And you can write a customized gift message so that your loved one remembers you every time they remember the socks. I gave this gift to my mom for Mother's Day. I gave this gift to Aaron last year for his birthday. I bought socks for my kids for Christmas. This is a gift that keeps on giving to everybody that you could possibly think of. They also offer printable membership certificates, which are available anytime. So you can go right now, buy your gift, print off the certificate, sign it, pop it in the mail. Guys, you could even do this on Sunday morning for your daddy. It makes you look like just the best gift giver ever. As a special offer to our listeners at the happy hour, you can get 15% off when you go to SockClub.com and use the promo code HAPPY. That's SockClub.com, promo code HAPPY at checkout. Give a delightful gift experience. Give comfy feet every single month. Give Sock Club this Father's Day. Guys, we also want to thank Casper Mattress for sponsoring today's show. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Supportive memory foams create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering that you're going to spend a third of your life on it, which that is a crazy fact right there. Free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Get $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash Jamie. Use the offer code Jamie. Terms and conditions apply. I was talking to one of my friends, Taylor, who's a listener and a great friend of mine. And she's like, oh, you're you're interviewing Maria tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, yeah, would you want me to ask her anything? And she said, uh, yes. And she <laughs> said she wanted to know about how you so graciously support your husband. And a lot of people would know, oh, Bob Goff, Bob Goff. And, yeah. and you support him and you have his back. And he talks about his wife as someone who is always there for him, always supports him. Okay. And her question for you was, has that ever been scary or hard? Yes, because we're different. And so in our differences, you know, I can end up feeling really insecure, but you know, he's a great guy and he's not a hard guy to love Mm -hmm. that. Like he's just, his life has been really remarkable and I consider it an honor to be at his side through a lot of it. And I think that early on in our marriage, I thought when we got married and people were talking about how to become one, I really thought in my naivety that we would just become me. I thought uh-huh. that, would, that would be a great direction to go in because you know you, yeah, know you know, me, so let's just be me. But that's not what God intends when he makes each and every one of us different, which blows my mind how there's no two of us alike. And so 
I started thinking about him being the balloon and I'm the string and how, you know, we do different things, but we're equally important and I don't mm -hmm. need to compare myself. Although the balloon might be more visible and noteworthy and make headlines and all of that. And the world wants to affirm people that are out there doing great things. And, and so they should be. But at the same time, somebody like me who actually thrives behind the scene, like that's my gear. Like I love the supporting role. I love being backstage or behind the scenes. And uh, the string is like that anchor. It symbolizes the person that, you know, is keeping the balloon intact. And uh, mm. I consider that, you know, one of my greatest joys in life to be able to be that way for Bob. And it is scary when he wants to do things that I think are too risky, but it's like <laughs> well, the kids wanting to run away in the backyard. Like I have a choice in that moment to shoot his ideas down and to mm. you know, tell him he's crazy and that don't go to places where you have to wear bulletproof vests. You know, like I can right. come up with really good reasons for him to not do what he does. But then the same thing would apply where he could tell me the same thing. And instead, mm -hmm. We're not trying to be like each other. We're trying to build each other up and know that we're each trying to point each other towards Jesus, like yeah. our own personal version of, you know, in that relationship, what G how Jesus wants us to become, how he wants us to grow, the plans he has for us. Mm. So I try to focus on that instead of trying to compare myself to Bob or just because he likes to do risky things and I don't that somehow like his ideas are crazy when actually he's done some really beautiful things in life and has really helped people in their life and then things work out better when he's involved. So yeah, I love the support that I hear from you and I see from you and I feel like a lot of times that can be a hard role for women to kind yeah. of embrace and love. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've struggled with that. I mean, I remember when my kids were little, they were babies and they were at home mm -hmm. and I was at home with them and I chose that and I loved it. And it's a it's a joy that we get that choice, right? Because some people don't have the choice to not have two family income. So it was an honor that I got to do that. Yes. But Aaron was on the road all the time. Yeah. He got to do amazing things and go see amazing cities and do fun stuff. And wow. I would be lying if I said there wasn't sometimes some just like jealousy and all those kind of things. And it was a fight. And I and I want to read something from your book hmm. that I think is really good for us women who maybe we're in a stage of life where we are doing a lot of supporting, whether that be with our kids or our husbands or mm -hmm. any other way. Yeah. You wrote this after you were talking about an instance where Bob was overseas. And you said, uh -huh. when Bob sets out on one of his adventures, I get another opportunity to set out on one of my own mm -hmm. right where I am. Yeah. Whether or not I go with him or stay home, I'm a part of it too. My faith gets stretched and challenged. The way I care for my husband on the opposite side of the world is much like the way I care for him when he's on the other side of the living room. Mm -hmm. I'm present. I'm supportive and I'm confident that God's holding on to our family during difficult times, just as we're trying to reach out to others during theirs. Yep. And I read that and I thought, man, what an encouragement for women who are feeling as though I'm in this supportive role right now. Yeah. And it's sometimes a little hard, but you're saying I get to be a part of it as well. Yeah. And I think that starts with embracing really who you are. And if you don't know who you are or the things that are important to you, then take the time to do that today. Like turn this off, mm. go sit, <laughs> Yeah, set your timer for 15 minutes and just start writing out the things that are important to you and then start living into that. You know, 
I'd spent two and a half years writing Love Lives Here, and it just released. So, you know, I'm in this limbo time right now where I kind of don't know what to do. I don't know how to support myself right now. Like, I know all the other roles, supporting my kids, but they're grown, supporting Bob, but he's, like, doing great. So what do I do with myself right now? And my daughter showed me this thing, how you can vision cast by listing all of the opportunities that you have right where you are right now and line them up with your personal priorities and then figure out what your next action step will be. And that has been huge because wow, I'm in a period of time right now where I feel a little lost. Like I'm not as confident, you know, like supporting Bob around the world while I stay home. Like that's mm-hmm. definitely happened. And that's, that's definitely our mode of operation. But yet I still find that I'll get hit with that sense of, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I do now? So that helped me a lot to start writing a list. I just got that out the other day and determine like, for one, you know, like I have an opportunity right now to speak more like here, you and I are doing this podcast. Yeah, this is not a normal day for me, Jamie. I don't normally do. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to be able to do more of it. And it's in line Mm -hmm. with my priorities by still being available to my friends. So we scheduled this at a time that was good for you and good for me. And then, you know, my next step, was, you know, like figuring out how I can do more of this without getting a knot in my stomach. Um, I don't know how you do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have our things that we do well. Yeah. And so, you know, you can you can hang with me for an hour and, you know, it's just lovely. And I tell people all the time who write books and, and who do lots of things, yeah. whenever you do something that is a little bit out of your comfort zone and a little bit new and a little bit like, I really don't know exactly what I'm doing. I just want to look at everyone that does it and say, I'm so very proud of you. Yes. And so I say that to you as a sister, not as any person that knows anything more than you, but just say, I'm just so proud of you for doing that because I know that took a lot of first steps. Yeah. And the first steps are sometimes really scary. That, and so. It's true. Yeah. Congrats on that. That leads me when you're talking about that to think about rest. And uh, I know that from just knowing you guys and and reading parts in your book is that you have really valued finding places of rest. And you talk a lot about making your home a place of rest. And one part when I was reading, which was a little bit convicting, a lot bit, I should say a lot (laughs) bit. I almost said a little bit to take the easy way out. I'm just going to go ahead and lay it out there. A lot bit convicting. (laughs) Was you talked about like making your home a place of rest. And we want that, Lou. Like Aaron and I want our home to be fun and we want it to be safe and we want it to be restful and we love entertaining and we love people to come out and just be real. Yes. But you know what? I find myself doing sometimes, Maria, and this is like, oh, it's one of my like, I have to fight this as a parent so much is that Mm -hmm. when my kids come in, I want to be like, how was your day? Okay, go put your clothes up, do this, do this, do this, and then come back down. Uh Yeah. And here's the deal. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, I'm never coming back here. (laughs) Like I just, and so I find myself going through times where I'm really bad at that and I need to fight it more. And then times when I'm fighting it and I was like, no, Jamie, don't do that to your children when you come in. I know that you like lists, but your kids don't need a list when they walk in the door. And so I was reading your book and you're talking about make, like you just want this welcoming place for your kids. And Mm -hmm. man, it just was really convicting for me as a mama of like, I do want my kids to learn how to help but I also want them to feel really safe and restful in our home. And so Mm -hmm. what are some ways that you and Bob, I know that this is probably something y'all were very conscious about, but how did you Mm -hmm. set out and say, we want our home to be restful? Mm -hmm. I think that came from this passion, uh, you know, maybe a a result of, you know, my own childhood. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, my parents did the best that they could, but I felt like we we had blue shag carpeting in our living room that needed to be raked once a week. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was very much in style, (laughs) but it, it, it might as well have been eggshells. 
You know that saying mm-hmm. where you just kind of walk yeah, around, walking just, on eggshells. You know, things can look good, but you just don't know when that other shoe is going to drop or mm-hmm. whatever. So I tapped into that. I thought, well, how would I have wanted it to be? Mm-hmm. And to pay attention to that, like to treat others the way you want to be treated. So if I walked in through the front door at the end of the day or after school or whatever, how would I want to be treated? What does the home look like, smell like, feel like? What's the vibe? What music's playing? Like all of that came from me just giving myself permission to sit down and list out the things that would be important to me and then just start practicing them. Some things work, some things don't. And seasons Mm -hmm. too affect how that gets played out. Like, you know, probably those weeks when you're trying to do an awful lot, it's more important for you to have the books down and the kids put their things up, you know, like that tone I've had, the one that you described yourself as, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know it. Yeah. We, we all get that way. There's like, we have an agenda and we're trying to accomplish things in our day. But if the overarching thought and feeling for our homes is that we want it to be the safe place of rest, Mm -hmm. people feel nurtured and loved right where they're at, then that will eventually reveal itself, even in mm. busy seasons. Yeah. Like we can be quicker at circling back or pulling in the reins when things get crazy and they get crazy here too. And so I just see it quicker because we've mm. tried to cultivate and nurture that feeling of this is our safe place. This is where you mm. come home in a world that can be pretty brutal right? Mm -hmm. And we all go out and do our stuff, whether we're single, married, in college, whatever, you know, have kids, don't have kids in school. You just, you know, it's rough. It's a Mm. place out there. There's a lot of beautiful things, but we need to have a sanctuary or holy ground where we've declared that this is the place where there's no more wars and no more tears. We're just going to hang out together. And um, well, actually, there's a lot of tears. (laughs) (laughs) That's important too. But it's this place where people can feel really loved, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. And what I hear you saying over and over again that I think people are picking up as well is that you didn't just come into this the way that you wanted your family to look and your home to feel. It didn't just flippantly happen. Like you really made some conscious decisions about how you wanted it to be. And I think you said something that you understand a lot more about your parents now that you're an adult. Mm -hmm. And I do as well. I mean, I say all the time, that the generation before us, most of them did the best with what they knew what to do. You know, and I think some of our kids are going to say that things as well. They're going to be like, man, that my parents brought some of this in from their childhood and they made it better though. And so I feel like as I hear you talking, it's a lot about, you know, we made a lot of conscious decisions that this is how our home was going to be. And so, you know, I think my kids are going to remember a lot of dance parties in the kitchen. And so that makes me really happy. Good, good. yeah. (laughs) While my husband, their daddy, is making some good food. Oh, oh my gosh. Can he come cook over here? Uh, Oh, do you know what a gift that is? I hope you do. I'm sure you do. I do know what a gift it is. And we all know what a gift it is when dad's out of town. Because last (laughs) night I made, when Aaron's gone, it's literally like we all miss him. But we all just are kind of like, what are we going to eat? Like, what's dinner going to look like? I just made baked potatoes and I know the kids, like they were so kind, but I could see it in their eyes because they're like, is this it? And I was like, yeah, but here's some ranch dressing to put on top and here's some salsa. We do the best. We do the best. But Aaron is setting them up for success and failure at the same time because a lot of times, Maria, on like a normal Tuesday night, Aaron will be cooking dinner and my kids will all be hanging out in the kitchen and my kids will say out loud, this is just a normal Tuesday night. No one's coming to dinner. And my kids will say, What's the appetizer tonight, Dad? (laughs) 
And oftentimes I look at Aaron and I think you are ruining them because now they think this is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I'll who has appetizers up. on a Tuesday night? Nobody <laughs> except for the IVs. Yes. Yeah. But I also like, I kind of love that at the same time that appeals to me too. Cause when we were raising our kids, we did a manners night and no manners night because oh. I, you know, it's kind of like an appetizer thing. Like, who knows about appetite? Who knows about manners, you know, and why all uh-huh. the forks are there and how to use them and, you know, be all prim and proper. But we made it a game, you know, uh-huh. we just made it this fun thing to do. And the boys loved it. They got all dressed up and slicked their hair back. And I mean, they're talking like six, you know, five and six years old. But then that was always followed by a no manners night. So that's what you and Aaron are doing. Like he he does gourmet (laughs) meals and then you do the real thing. with. And I do baked potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Balance is good. I think that's what we aim for because we can't be perfect, even if we spent time thinking it through. And like giving God our heart's desires, it's just it's we're going to mess up, but we just need to own it when we do. So true. So true. And my kids are kind. Like when I make a crock pot meal, they'll be like, mom, this is the best meal you've ever made. And I'm like, oh, you're so nice. (laughs) Okay. So another thing that you and Bob has done really well is to foster community of helping people step back and rest no matter what that looks like. And you guys have a place and you'll have to tell me uh, the history of how long you've had Mm -hmm. the lodge. And I know y'all just went through some very traumatic things with all the fire and all that kind of stuff. But what was the dream that you guys had for this place when you started it? And then what is that now? What does that look like for you guys to be a part of really helping people find that rest and community? Yeah, it's really been everything. And it's something that has become bigger than us. So there's a Young Life camp in Canada called Malibu. And we would go up there as a family on a boat during a vacation time and Mm -hmm. get out and realize that there wasn't a video being made for the campers, which a lot of the other Young Life camps do just as a tradition at the end of the week, you go home with a record of what your camp experience was like. So we started out going up in the summertime to help this camp do their videos. And then while we were up there one time, realized that the land around camp was for sale. And we got concerned for camp that, you know, something would come in, cut their water line off or cut down all those trees. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's like, it's just waterways. There's no road. So you can't get there by car or truck. You have to fly in on a seaplane or come in on a boat. So that's how these campers get in by boat. And that's how we got up there was by boat. And so when the land went up for sale, we just felt this overwhelming desire to secure it for camp and went through the process of getting it. It's one of those things where you, you know, when you think somebody else ought to do something and then nobody else does it, <laughs> and then you realize, oh, oh, it's we're us supposed to do that. So right. we ended up buying this land. It looked unbuildable. It looked like granite rock from the water line up to the glaciers, you know, a bazillion up there. And then just scampering around one day, we saw this little flat spot near the water. And we thought, well, we could build a little tiny cabin for our family to stay on if we ever come up. We don't have to come up by boat. We could just like fly in and stay in this little tiny cabin. Well, somebody told us that the way things get built up there is by taking dynamite and blowing up the granite and making flat spots bigger. And it got huge. So that's what we did. Bob and the boys thought that was so awesome to be able to build uh-huh. Canada. The thought of building something bigger needed to have a purpose for me because I knew we didn't need something bigger. And the only thing that we could think of was how this camp full of volunteers can't go anywhere on their days off. And so they mm. have no place to rest. So we thought, well, well, let's make it bigger so they have a place to come and rest. 
And it, it was like their employee lounge, you know? Yeah. On the side, we give them cookies and they, you know, be able to take naps and fill back up again, get the rest that they needed so that they could go back to camp and be Jesus's hand and feet to the campers coming in, hearing about the gospel for the first time. I, I was all about it. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then as our family, we ran it like the volunteers at camp ran it. So our kids would uh-huh. sacrifice summertime and go up there in the middle of nowhere with their mom and dad. And we would do all the cooking and the cleaning and the, you know, landscaping in the Canadian Rockies. And it was quite an experience for our family to do it. And it it became our legacy, this this thing that we thought would be there forever and we could pass Mm -hmm. down from generation to generation. And then this last year, we had some guys go up from a painting crew to put stain all over the exterior. And when they were done on their first day, somebody who didn't have as much experience took the stain rags and closed them in a sealed bag and they spontaneously combusted and started a fire in the back of the building. And it just within hours had engulfed the whole place. And there's like, you can't call fire department. You can't. I was thinking that. Yeah. Do. So all we could do here in San Diego after getting the news was just pray that it would stay, you know, like within its footprint and not spread to other buildings on the property or to camp and made arrangements to get up there as fast as we could. And we're standing at the fire pit, you know, the perimeter of this giant lodge that we had built. 20 years earlier and just try to absorb the impact of the loss. And it was pretty unbelievable. But you know what? It still felt like holy ground. It still Mm. felt like it had a purpose. There was tremendous loss in the structure and everything that was in it. But the memories were still there and just as real as they were before. And the presence Mm -hmm. of God felt just as real as it was before. And so it really renewed my faith. But at the same time, it stirred something deep inside of me because it was a traumatic event. Something dislodged inside of me where I had yet another memory from childhood that just had to bubble up and be dealt with. So, Mm. you know, here I am dealing with the loss and grieving, you know, not having the lodge anymore. But then at the same time, had this opportunity to really get rid of something in my life. I had been molested from a relative one time as a child, Mm -hmm. small child, and had never told anybody, not even Bob. Mm-hmm. So we went back to this place that we've gone to in Tennessee called Onsite. And uh, this just loving couple who'd been to the lodge and knew our loss counseled us through that. And um, it mm-hmm. was a really, it was like, ugh, it was a tragedy on top of tragedy. But I look back now and I feel so grateful that God is always with us and mm. empathy like toward other people loss is loss and grief you could grieve the loss of an idea or a dream yeah parent a child whatever it is like it's still real and it still cuts you deep but God is in the midst of all of that and that belief was renewed in me from this tragedy that we just went through so we're going to mm. rebuild because we love having the people from camp come over that are serving and we get to serve them. And then over the years that we had started to invite other people who are out on the front lines, out in culture, sharing mm-hmm. their faith, whether they're musicians or artists or authors or movie producers or running large companies. And, you know, you get beat up 
uh, pretty easily yeah. out in the world. And so we wanted to provide a place where they could come back and get recentered and renew their faith and find the rest that they needed. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. Yes. They were yeah. coming and going and doing all these wonderful things. And he said to them, kind of like time out, we need to go away to a secluded place and rest. And so that's what the lodge became for a lot of people. And I think it'll continue to be that as time goes on and we keep building. Well, that's awesome. I love hearing that story. I'd never heard the story before about how you guys acquired the land and all of that. And we could talk for a whole nother hour about (laughs) grieving and grieving things. And so I think it's an important conversation. And I know a lot of times I think it's we don't want to grieve because we don't want to hurt. And so then we hold it in. And then oftentimes it will come out, you know, and I'm so grateful that you had the wisdom to deal with something that had happened decades before. And you could have thought, oh, well, just not deal with it. But you knew that you had to. I did. Yep. Mm. And the the thing too, with all of the stuff in my life, and it came out in my writing that I realized there were some things that I needed to tell my kids before it was published in a book, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, and I'd always got to pray that God would show me as I was raising them, you know, how do I use some of my Mm. past experiences? And there never seemed to be the right time. And I always trusted that, that they didn't need to know the gory details of my childhood while they were growing up in theirs. Like they were very different childhoods. So, you know, it was really beautiful, Jamie, to be able to sit down with each of them privately and explain to them that through tears, there's tears, lots of them. And to say, you know, there's some things that I'm writing about and I want to share with people, but not until I've shared them with you. And if you don't want me to put this in the book, I won't. And Mm. all of them were just so loving and understanding and cried with me. And, you know, we hugged and they're like, it was almost like they're like, this is no big deal, mom. Like (laughs) this is way harder on you than it is on us. Like we kind of care, you know, we're sorry you went through those things, but that doesn't affect our relationship in any way other than we just love you more. So that's, I think, a good reminder for people to know too, that even when you don't know what to do with the pain that you're in, or you don't want to look at it, because you don't know what to do with it, that chances are there's people around you that are going to love you no matter what, and just find who they are. Maybe you have to pay a counselor first, but chances are the ones that are with you, the closest ones to you will love you the most through it. It's so true. It's so true. What good advice for people. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. 
Okay, Maria, I must ask you, what three things are you loving these days? Oh my gosh. So I don't know. Did I mention we have a new puppy? <laughs> yes. Well, what kind? I was going to ask you, what kind of puppy do you have? It's a, it's a mini golden doodle. So he won't be more than maybe, I don't know, nine or 10 pounds. She, I keep saying he, because our first dog was a he. I'm having the hardest time calling. You're going to give her an identity crisis is what you're going to give her. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> name is Abby and she's not going to be more than about nine or 10 pounds. And so everything is puppy right now and our whole life has been turned upside down we're loving it so all of a sudden I'm thinking there's going to be puppy toys back in the house yes and honestly you know I don't love a lot of the look of puppy toys <laughs> uh -huh. but PetSmart has yes. Ellen DeGeneres a new line for puppy uh -huh. toys and would they are they cool looking like they so, don't look like puppy toys so cool like you want to have them out laying around in your house because they're just Aww. like cool and stylish and good colors and well made and all so i'm super excited about the fact that there are really good puppy toys out there so that's one thing that i'm really into right now the other thing because i'm in this limbo time it's given me space to do some things that i haven't been able to do well you know once i'm not writing now what and so i'm starting to live my pins that's what I'm calling it. Like I'm going back on my pin board that I started, I don't know, a bazillion years ago. And I'm looking up things that I pinned with new eyes and thinking, let's actually cook this meal. Let's actually do this project. Let's actually like clean out that closet according to the pin. Cause I found that I was just like pinning things for the uh -huh. sake of pinning them, but not actually living them. It's like this dream world. And now you're saying, I'm going to make it a reality. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm started to do. That's a good idea. We should do something where every month you make one of your pens a reality. Yeah. Yeah. You need to start living them. Otherwise, remember when we used to just rip things out of magazines? Yes. So, I had binders full of yeah. stuff in magazines. Yeah. I mean, like that I would rip out and put in different like categories. Yeah. And those things that, well, that was smart of you to be so organized. I would just have <laughs> stacks of paper in my cabinets, you know, so it would remind me to go do them. Okay, so you're going to start living out your pens. What else are you loving? I'm loving the fact that I can get back out in the garden and start cleaning up after the winter. It's San Diego right now. It really feels like it's starting to bloom. And I just picked up some mint the other day that I can't wait to plant. And so I'm loving that. that that's Those are my three things, my current status of stuff I love. Okay, so you're loving your new puppy, which is yeah. so adorable, and the PetSmart toys, yes. which I'm going to have to go check out because I'm kind of like you. We have a dog that just turned one, oh. and I said, Aaron, I told Aaron the other day, I was like, we used to pick up toddler toys every night, and now we pick up, like, dog toys, <laughs> so we have a new world, too. Yes. Um, you're going to start penning uh, yep. and then getting in your garden, which I love all of these things. Maria, what are you reading these days? Yeah, okay, so, well... Did I mention I have a puppy? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. There's a book called, um, it was recommended to us, it's called The Puppy Primer by Patricia McConnell. And I'm, I'm getting that out because I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to potty train. I don't know what schedule. I don't know any of this stuff. It's like, you know, like relearning all of these things again. So I'm loving that book. And then also The Road Back to You by Ian Crone, the on Instagrams. Okay. This last Christmas, um, everybody got a copy of it and it comes, the, the study guide came out. And so I have the study guide now that I'm going through because the kids suggested that this summer when we're all together up in Canada, 
we'll go through the study guide because we're all different numbers. Some of us are the same, but we're kind of the Enneagram thing has been a fun tool. It's not the end all to understanding each other, but it's been a fun tool to start conversations about how we might be wired differently and that we don't need to take our differences personally. You know, if somebody doesn't Mm -hmm. feel the same way or act the same way as you do, but to just appreciate, you know, that that's how you're wired. This is, this is your personality. And there's a healthy side to your personality and an unhealthy side to your personality. So we get to dive into that a little bit more this summer. And so I'm looking forward to doing the study guide with them. That is so fun. Yeah, that was a really good book. And then I know a lot of people are cleaning out their houses with its springtime and stuff. And I needed to do the same thing because I don't know about you, but writing the book, man, my life felt like it was, it just stopped. Like I wasn't cooking. I wasn't taking care of anything. (laughs) So I, you know, I had some closets that were just kind of like opening themselves up on their own and spilling out into the room. And I thought, okay, I need to start organizing. Um, And I, and sometimes it's just set the timer for 15 minutes and go, but the book, the second book called Spark Joy from Marie Kondo, are you familiar with her? Uh, I'm not. Yeah. So she, she's got this really great organizing tip for going through your house and how to get rid of stuff. And, you know, thinking, you know, looking at items and going, does this really spark joy? Do I, am I? Oh yes. I've I, heard I, of this. I have this in my life or can oh. I pass it on to somebody else now? And um, so I don't want to keep things hostage anymore in my home. I want to release them out in the world and let other people enjoy them, but I have to stay motivated to do it. And reading books about organizing is the best way for me to stay focused. And so she had a second book call out called Spark Joy. So I'm starting to read that. Okay. Well, that sounds lovely. I need some things to help me organize around the house as well. I'm the same. I feel like life just stopped when I was writing. Yeah. Maria, it has been such a joy to chat with you. And I am so excited for just what's ahead of you, what's next. And I know that this book is going to be a really great read for a lot of people. So I'll put the link in the show notes as always for Love Lives Mm -hmm. Here. Congratulations on putting that out. And I hope you guys have a great summer. Thank you, Jamie. We sure love you. Thanks for the good work you're doing. Thanks, Maria. Guys, I love chatting with Maria. It was such a joy to spend an hour with her. And I know that you loved it as well. I want to thank one of today's sponsors, and that is Get V. What if you had someone tell you how to work out all the time? V, an AI personal trainer in earphones, has your workout motivation covered. V coaches you to goals, encouraging you every step of the way. Find V at getv.com happy. That's G-E-T-V-I dot slash happy. All right, guys, drum roll, please. Our next book club read is called A Fierce Love by Shauna Shanks. This book is so different than the first book that we chose in June. And guess what? No surprise, August's book club choice is even more different than this one. I really wanted to pick three different books for us to read together this summer. I'm excited about this book. Shauna was a month shy of celebrating her 10-year anniversary when her marriage came crashing down. In her book, she shares her deeply personal account of rebuilding her marriage. She shares her journey that was full of tears and emotional exhaustion, but also it was a time filled with God pursuing her. So excited to read this book along with you guys and excited for our book club at the end of July where she is flying in from Ohio to join us. Yes, Ohio. What is Ohio known for? Like, what can she bring me? I don't even know. If you want to sign up, go to jamieivy.com slash book club and you can do it there. It gets you signed up. It gets you on the email list and it gets you a link to where you can buy the book and have it delivered to your house the day it comes out. All right, guys, if you missed last week, please go back and listen to my conversation with Sarah Harmeyer from Neighbors Table. 
you will not only love our conversation, you're going to be inspired to have a dinner party. It's what you're going to do. And you're going to know that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be from you. Next week, my friend Sophie Hudson joins me on the happy hour. We just spent a week together in Kenya with our boys, one of my boys and her son, Alex. We have so much to share with you. We're going to have laughs from the trips, plus how you can get involved with Compassion International, which is who we traveled with and whom we both have a deep affection for. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you next week with Sophie Hudson. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.